Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 36 of the Better Bible Reading Podcast. Thanks for joining me, everyone. My name is Kevin Morris. Welcome to another episode on the Better Bible Reading Podcast. We have just crossed the less than three weeks threshold until Christmas, and many of us are probably starting to feel that excitement or stress, confusion, uh, whatever word you want to throw in there, because as is typical in our culture, Christmas time can get quite hectic. Uh, I hope that you are doing well, though. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, the range of topics that have been covered on uh, the first year of this podcast's existence. I was looking through previous episodes, and I was really thankful thinking about how in just a few weeks we will be uh, at the end of, of 2019 and thinking about how this podcast started as a once-every-few-weeks type of a podcast. And I'm very thankful that it has now become a weekly Every Thursday you can expect an episode. And also thinking about the the range of different kind of conversations that we have had over the weeks and over the months. So in trying to figure out what the best way to close this year out together in our conversations, I thought it would be helpful to do uh, a few things. Uh, the first of which is to uh, redirect your attention to what you should be excited about when 2020 gets here. I've already mentioned this a few different times uh, over on the website and in previous episodes as well on the podcast that once 2020 gets here, I'm excited to announce that the YouTube channel for Better Bible Reading will be launched. I have been missing out on the ability uh, to hang out with you all via video. Uh, you can do a lot with written content. You can do a lot with audio content such as this. Uh, but there's another element of teaching that is always helpful. And when you can't do it face-to-face, -face, the next best thing is video. And you can actually see, you can actually visualize uh, certain things. So I'm really excited about that. The podcast is going to continue along as well. If you are a weekly listener then you'll know that every other week we have an edition of Teaching Thursdays, and we are roughly halfway through the series on Bible interpretation, which is entitled Covenant Theology in a Dispensational Culture. It's a look at the two top Bible interpretation methods uh, that are used today and have been used uh, for quite some time now, and that is covenant theology and dispensationalism. So I hope you've been enjoying those uh, particular recordings as well. They're a bit more academic, a bit more technical, uh, but as it turns out, as you listen to them, it's very common to hear about dispensationalism or concepts that are related to it, such as the rapture, things like that. And dismiss them in your mind as one of those end-time things that people argue about. But it turns out, uh, as we go through that series, that suddenly we realize these aren't just novelties about the end times that people like to argue about. They actually 
determine how we view the entire structure of the Bible, which of course is a huge deal and suddenly becomes a much more important conversation to have and to think about. So I hope you've been enjoying that. I have some more exciting series lined up for Teaching Thursdays uh, once those particular ones are completed. I've also been scheduling some interviews for 2020, and I'm super excited about that because that is something that I kind of did a trial run of when I first started the podcast, but between schedule conflicts and just not really sure at the time what this podcast was really going to shape up to be, um, I didn't continue that. But I'm happy to say uh, that as of right now, uh, the three interviews that you will find on the Better Bible Reading Podcast uh, were done in the earlier episodes with Stephen Spinnenweber, Josh Henson, and Jesse Pickett. All three of them are ordained uh, ministers and my friends as well. And so I've already talked with them. We have some future episodes lined up uh, with some uh, interview discussion. And uh, those I've gotten some pretty good feedback um, with all of them. So I'm super excited to bring them back for future episodes and hopefully more interviews um, as well as I'm able to schedule them and get with people. So a lot to be excited about, a lot to be thankful for on my end. Uh, But as I was thinking about this particular episode, um, in in addition to just giving you kind of a, a little sketch there of announcements and things to be excited about, I thought it would be helpful for us to spend this time together uh, to think about a topic that has been um, played around with, or at least teased somewhat, and that is the idea of redeeming the time, of of time management. Uh, Previous episodes, I've talked about this back in episode number seven, redeeming the time. Let's see another one, talked about work-life balance for Christians, episode 12, And we've mentioned uh, some more concepts regarding this as it relates to reading the Bible, such as, I don't know where to read in the Bible, or I don't know the Bible like I should, episodes 16 and 18. So you can check out uh, those previous episodes. I think they'll really uh, supplement our conversation today. But specifically, I want to situate the idea of redeeming our time as it relates to the close of the year. You know, I already mentioned that we are in the close of the year, and before we know it, Christmas is going to be here. And typically that means that we are stressed out. You know, we're thinking 20 steps ahead of ourselves. We're thinking about the vacation time that we're hopefully going to get here soon, so we're trying to just kill it at work either get through it or work as much overtime as possible to get a head start on those credit cards we're racking up or, you know, a lot of different scenarios like that. And what tends to happen is that when we think about our spiritual spiritual well-being, it kind of gets pushed to the back burner. Sure, we might go to a candlelight service on Christmas Eve, Sure, we might go to a Christmas play or some kind of production. Sure, we might have some kind of special family meal that we look forward to every year on a Christmas Eve or a Christmas 
day where we are a bit more religious or a bit more spiritual uh, than we tend to be on a normal day of the week. But all in all, our experience of Christmas time is rather tunnel vision more than it is an enjoyment and a resting and a getting just spiritually refreshed. It's very rare that we think about Christmas in that way. In fact, a lot of times we think about it as a stressed, concentrated amount of festivities and getting from one house to another, and we're waiting for the turn of the year when all of the stuff is finally done, and we can just take that sigh of relief that, yay, we're finally done with all of the nonsense until next year. And I really hope that that is not your experience, but this particular episode is not to give you a Christmas Plan 101. In fact, it has more to do with the things that we don't think about, the things that we push to the back burner, the things that we get out of our minds. One of those things, as you probably know by experience, is our regular Bible reading. Now, it's typical that we talk about the joke of New Year's resolutions where we can't wait to start our Bible reading plan. Today's going to finally be the year that I read the Bible cover to cover, and we do great until about halfway through February, or we do great until we get to the book of Leviticus, and then we just totally fall off the rails. And then our Bible reading for the rest of the year is rather spotty, rather inconsistent, and carries with it a weight of shame that we weren't consistent, and a feeling of stress because we feel like we're working against the clock. And we talk about that, and people are right to address that. I think it's important. I know I've even addressed it before on previous episodes, but one thing that we tend to not talk about is finishing the year strong, particularly as it relates to our Bible reading. Now, I was thinking about this by experience, uh, because just a little glimpse into my own day-to-day life, my end of the year has been pretty slammed full of this, that, and everything else. And I'm also thinking 10 steps ahead of the future of this brand, Better Bible Reading, the future of my own spiritual life, my full-time coursework as a theology student, uh, responsibilities at church, responsibilities as a husband, as a father, and work life, you know, the things that everybody thinks about, right? The things that everybody preoccupies themselves with in their planning and their contemplation. But I also like to tweak my reading schedule quite a bit. I've worked through the Bible, and I try to make sure that I do so from cover to cover every single year. That's something that I started back eight years ago now, and by God's grace, I've been able to do that, even some years being able to read through the Bible uh, multiple times. Sometimes that happens because I literally read through it twice, other times because 
you read through the Bible in a completion plan, but then you're doing other studies and preparing for teachings or studying down a certain book a lot more in depth than just getting through it. And so you have a lot of overlap with your reading. But this year, I wanted to maintain uh, a bit more than, than I typically do. And I was doing so in addition to also writing papers and trying to get curriculum set up for uh, Sunday schools or different preaching occasions throughout the year. And somewhere along the way, I wasn't able to maintain what I wanted to maintain. And so I was sitting down thinking as November came to a close and then we're into December, I was thinking, you know, whenever the turn of the year gets here, I'm really going to tighten up some reading completion that I want to be able to do in the Bible. I want to toy with my reading structure a bit, want to set some goals, and I really want to hit it hard the first of the year. And there's nothing wrong with thinking that way, but it was almost one of those things where as soon as the thought crossed my mind, it's like you're having the conversation with yourself, right, which is totally not awkward, at least unless you're having it out loud with other people around. But anyhow, I I thought to myself, you know, it makes absolutely no sense for me to think that my spiritual well-being should be on delay from now until January 1st, as if starting on January 1st somehow is going to make it better. And obviously, people are perfectly allowed to start on January 1st with whatever they want to. But most people that have New Year's resolutions don't make them for the first time ever, right? The the people that have New Year's resolutions are the same people that had New Year's resolutions the year before. And they probably didn't keep them or didn't keep all of them. And they made those the year before on January 1st and they still didn't hold up to it. So why in the world would I make myself wait until January 1st? What is that going to do for me? And so I decided, you know, I'm not unless I read for hours a day, I'm not going to be able to do a, a another Bible completion uh, from Genesis all the way to Revelation by the end of the year. But one thing I can do is redeem the time to make the most of the time. And that's a popular verse. I've I've mentioned it several times in previous episodes before, and I'm, I'm just going to read that to you here real quick. It's from Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we typically think of as the great chapter of the Bible that really handles the topic of marriage in great detail. And then we think, well, Ephesians 6 is the end of Ephesians. Paul talks about the armor of God, but somewhere in the midst of all that, we miss the glorious truth that segues into the conversation about marriage. And that is in Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read this. Uh, It's in verse number 16, but I'm actually going to read uh, 15 through 19. Here's what it says. 
Paul says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And then verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a glorious passage. I could spend plenty of time talking about all the intricacies of it and the wonder of it. But just briefly, let's make a connection here. Paul tells us to make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, what does it mean to make the best use of the time? Well, he actually says what it means with the qualifying verses on either side of verse 16 when he says to make the best use of the time. In other words, how do we understand what verse 16 means to make the best use of the time? Well, we look at verse 15 and we look at verse 17. Verse 15, he tells us to walk wisely. So to make the best use of the time is to walk wisely. Verse 17 says not to be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. To make the best use of the time is to walk wisely so that we may understand the will of the Lord. We don't understand God's purpose for our life, nor do we stay in communion and relationship with him if we waste our time. We have to make every moment count. And that's not to say that we busy ourselves to death because there's certainly a place for rest. There's certainly a way that we make every moment count by resting. But it is to say that we don't waste any time. We don't throw it away. We redeem it. We see the great value of it. In verse 18, he tells us to be filled with the Spirit. So, let me apply that to the idea of Bible reading and in my own circumstance of looking at the last few weeks of this year and asking the question, does it really matter or should I just wait until January 1st? Well, to be filled with the Spirit is to be consumed with the Lord's will. What I mean by that is God's commands, God's intentions, God's truth that he reveals to us should not feel foreign to us. It shouldn't feel like a stranger because we have not spoken to or seen in a long time. It's typical here in the South uh, where I live that if you come across somebody that hasn't seen you in a while, you'll typically hear the, hey, stranger. And what they mean by that is the familiarity is lost. Now, normally it's just kind of a jab of, hey, uh, you haven't called me in a while, or yeah, I haven't seen you in a while, but it carries with it the idea um, that the familiarity is gone. It has to be rebuilt. There's not been a constant relationship and constant exposure to one another. And one of the ways that we redeem the time is by asking ourselves the question, 
does God's will seem foreign to me? And would I describe my relationship with the Spirit as filled or something much less? And if it is something much less, and if God's will seems not very easily understandable to us, well, that means that we're not redeeming the time. That means that we've been wasting time. And if the stakes are that high, it makes absolutely no sense that we wait until January 1st to walk wisely, redeem the time, and be filled with the Spirit in order to understand the will of the Lord. So here's what I did. Instead of saying, I'm really going to hit January 1st hard, I'm going to start working towards those goals once the year comes to a close and the new year 2020 is upon us. And instead of doing that, I said, well, well, yeah, I'm going to make these goals. I'm going to have every ambition and every intent of working towards those starting January 1st. But I also said, I really want to make the rest of this year count. So what I did was I took my Bible, one of several Bibles. By the way, I think you should have multiple Bibles. I talk about this um, in some other conversations that we've had, some other episodes. Uh, You should have multiple Bibles. And one of the ways that I like to do this is by having a different version of the Bible than what I normally read. So I read the ESV translation normally. But if I'm teaching or if I'm preaching, I like to use uh, several different translations when I'm studying so that I can get a a better overall uh, picture of how something is being communicated. But also for reading, right? You don't have to do that just for working on a Sunday school class or something like that. You can do it just in your personal time of reading. So in addition to my normal ESV Bible, I also have a King James Version Bible. Now, this one is special to me because it is a 400th anniversary facsimile of the original 1611 edition. It's got a nice leather cover to it. And when you open it up, it looks exactly like the original 1611 version. It has the Old English font Obviously, it has the Old English words because it's a King James Version, but it has the font, the, the, the picture style. On I mean, it's just a very beautiful-looking Bible. But one of my favorite things that it has is at the very front of the Bible, it has recommended uh, scripture lessons uh, for churches to use, especially like if you're, um, I think, like Anglican or you go through a certain... Um, series of of teachings every single year. But in addition to that, there's also a monthly Bible reading plan. So I open it up, and this particular one is structured, has almost like like you would make an Excel sheet. It has a list of every day of the month for the month of December. It has a column for Psalms. It has two morning lesson columns and two evening lesson columns. And so when you look at it, for example, December 5th has this. For December 5th, 
you open up your Bible, look at the December column, and it says this. You read Psalm 5, then your morning lessons include Isaiah 23 and Acts chapter 6. And then your evening lessons is Isaiah 24 and Hebrews 11. And the next day, that same reading continues, but you pick up on the chapter you left off from. And that's a really cool thing because just in the month of December, for the next few weeks that remain, I'm reading through the Psalms. I'm reading through the book of Isaiah. I'm reading through the book of Acts. And I'm reading through the book of Hebrews. And if I get to a conclusion of one of those books before the month is over, then it has, it says on there, the next book to pick up. That's four books of the Bible I'm working through and learning from and being fed by just to close out the year. And that's, I mean, I can't just, I just can't stress enough the value of finishing strong. Now, you don't have to follow that exact format, but my encouragement to you is that you finish the year strong. If you found yourself not involved in daily Bible reading or not doing well in your time spent in the Word of God because it feels rushed or it feels just you're just too scatterbrained with everything going on. Just my encouragement is that you restructure whatever you need to. Now, don't wait until January 1st to start getting things together. And I can't help but think of a parallel as it comes to Christmas shopping. I mean, you have you have two kinds of people. You have, well, three, I guess. You have first the person who is going to end this year with a list for several people. And the list is going to include gifts that they didn't buy this year, but they're going to keep building on that list as early as January of next year, and perhaps even buying more gifts starting in January, so that probably by October of next year, they'll have almost all their Christmas shopping done already. They just, they stay on top of it. They like to stay on top of it, and they don't like to do all their shopping in that way. And then you have other people who don't buy a single thing until Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which let's be honest, it's really like the week of Thanksgiving and the week after Thanksgiving is how much is expanded now. And they do all their online shopping, they get it done in one shot. But those days are intense because we're living from store to store, living on our computers and smartphones. Well, then you have the third person that doesn't do either of those. The third person instead goes shopping the week before Christmas, maybe even getting some finishing uh, final gifts and whatnot on Christmas Eve. But you have three options there of how you can approach it. But what is for sure is that regardless of which of those three options you choose, you have the ability to either enjoy that time and make the absolute most of it or 
complain and be stressed out and miserable the whole time through. And what I'm saying is this. Regardless if our Bible reading is the slow and steady gift buying that happens all throughout the year, regardless if it's kind of dead for the most part and then really intense and really concentrated amount like the Black Friday and Cyber Monday shoppers, or if we feel like we're literally waiting until the last minute to just try to get something accomplished in our Bible reading. Regardless, my encouragement to you is that you make the absolute most of it. Make the most of your time. Make the most of today. Make the most of whatever it is you're going to be doing as soon as you finish listening to this, right? There's so many options um, that we can pick in the way that we read the Bible, but one thing is not optional, and that is we must read it. We have to read it, and we only get better at reading it by reading it. We can make all the strategies and plans in the world We can have all the best intentions to do better the next year, and we should want to do better and better. We should want to spend more than 10 minutes in the Bible per day, right? But you have to start somewhere. But however it is you start, wherever it is you start, make the most of it. And one of the ways I want to encourage you to do that is by referring you to the first article I ever wrote on betterbiblereading.com, and that article was entitled Six Steps Towards Better Bible Reading. That is a six-step process um, that I have put together that I think will help you make the most of your Bible reading. In fact, the best way that you can get your hands on this six-step guide, six-step instructions for reading the Bible is literally by going to betterbiblereading.com. So I want to encourage you to do that. Just go to betterbiblereading.com, and you will see at the very top, the very first thing you see up on the tabs, you'll see a start here. But on the home screen itself, you will see in big letters how to enjoy your Bible again. And you can click free download where you'll get that guide sent directly to you And it's literally a a cheat sheet. You can have it alongside you when you're reading your Bible. You can print it out and frame it, or you can just look at it on your phone, whatever the case may be, however it works best for you, and just refer to it when you read your Bible. It talks about things we should eliminate, like all the distractions that are around us, or time management. I cover six different things, oddly enough, in a six-step how-to guide, six different steps uh, for better Bible reading. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to do that today. I want to encourage you to make the most of your Bible reading and finish the year out strong. Well, we'll have three more weeks together in the month of December before the close of the year. So we'll have two more Teaching Thursdays episodes for you and one more in-studio And then we, Lord willing, will be into 2020, and I just cannot wait to 
start sharing more content. These podcast episodes won't go away, but the good news is there'll be even more of them. So stay tuned, stay in touch, betterbiblereading.com. That's where you can find everything, the podcast episodes, the written articles, and where you can contact me so we can talk together about all the things we're learning and discussing on a weekly basis. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I do hope that you will take the advice and hear the encouragement that I am giving to you uh, from this episode, and I really do hope that you finish your year strong and redeem the time to God's glory. Well, may God bless you. Thanks for listening.